how much fun do you want to have with us? I want to have a lot of fun. Okay. Let's have lots of fun. Okay, good. All right. You start. This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Homer, the learn to read app for kids two to eight that is not only fun for kids, but with just 15 minutes a day of use, it's proven to increase reading scores by 74%. Sign up now at learnwithhomer.com slash Spawned and Spawned listeners get a two month free trial. That's learnwithhomer.com slash Spawned. Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawn, we're talking to Anya Kamenetz, author of The Art of Screen Time. Oh boy. She's amazing. <laughs> I'm excited for this. Yeah, this is the book that I think all parents have been waiting for. I've read it. I'm excited to talk to her. And of course, we'll close our show with Cool Picks of the week. But how do we not know Anya yet? I know. I know. Well, for those of our listeners who don't know her, but should, that's why she's here. Um, So Anya Kamenetz is NPR's lead education blogger. So, you know, NPR, like a little network. You might have heard of it. (laughs) She's a Brooklyn mom of two. She's reported on technology and education for publications like Fast Company, The New York Times, The Washington Post. And as you mentioned, she's the author of several books, the latest being The Art of Screen Time, How Your Family Can Balance Digital Media and Real Life, which is a question every parent asks themselves every day. Yes, I agree. (laughs) So welcome. welcome Yes. Thanks so much, guys. I'm so thrilled to be talking to you. I feel like this is the perfect conversation to be having about this. We have this conversation all the time, not on Spawned. (laughs) Like, we're constantly talking to each other about managing screen time with our own kids and the rules change. And as your kids get older, you find new challenges and new restrictions and new issues. And it's like, how do you keep up with it? Yeah. Well, I researched and wrote a book because I felt like, first of all, I don't have a lot of time to read as much as I hate to admit it. I'm a, I'm a writer, but I do read parenting books and I knew what was out there. And I knew that there wasn't actually a book about this that handled these issues in a way that was accessible. And so I had to kind of write it myself. That's where this all came from. And, you know, what you get when you talk to other parents, I think we try to help each other out, but it's not always the advice that's based on, you know, the latest research necessarily, because I think we're not getting a lot of that. I think that what's in the media so much is like, be very afraid, you know, the aliens are coming for your child's brain. <laughs> um, and, and that's not super helpful information since we know that we're like surrounded by these devices all the time. Right. Plus the aliens are only in Area 51. We know that. <laughs> that's exactly right. They're containable. They're containable. <laughs> well, I love that you said that you don't read a lot. So now I don't feel bad because we're writers too. And I do not read as much as I should, but I do read parenting books. And I can already say we've talked to you for, I don't know, less than two minutes. And I love this book. It's not out yet, but it will be out soon. And I hope that parents grab it because I found it to be super helpful. And I know Liz and I have this conversation a lot. So I can only imagine for parents who don't have this conversation, but are thinking about this issue, they'll find it helpful. But one of the things that we love about your writing and your book is that you're not alarmist, which is how we are too. Yay. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. You can't imagine (laughs) the people who are like, no screens ever. You're ruining your children. And we're like, how old are your kids? And they're like, oh, I don't have kids. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Or I raised my kids before television in a shack in the jungle. Back in my day, they played with sticks and twigs and the occasional bark. (laughs) Right, exactly. 
So that kind of stuff, you know, it pushes our buttons. And I think there's a lot of what I like to call mom bait out there, which is like clickbait for moms, which Uh. is meant to make us feel a certain way. You you know what I'm talking about, like nervous or anxious. And the screen addiction is part of that. And it's not to say that there aren't real things that we should be watching out for. And I think we realize how powerful media is in our lives. But you know, media is like the air we breathe. That's according to one of the doctors I talked to. And mm. it's true. It's everywhere. And so we're not seeing necessarily pervasive negative effects that you would expect if it was truly like this toxic fog. We're seeing certain kinds of phenomena that affect certain kids differently from other kids. And we just have to keep our eyes open and be really aware. And that's why I'm pushing this like moderate, nuanced approach that might be not as easy to cram on a bottle cap. So we want to talk about both the positive and the negative. Let's with the positive because, you know, I think parents don't get that a lot to your point. So much out there is alarmist. What kind of value besides education have you discovered when it comes to kids and technology? You know, it's really pretty simple. Like we and our kids want similar things from media. We are looking to be delighted entertains. We're using all kinds of screen technology as a way of creative expression and to learn about the world around us through discovery, not necessarily just academics, but, you know, answers to the question why. I think we're living in the golden age of why, because, you know, if you have a three-year-old or even if you have an older kid and they're asking you why, 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 you can pull out your phone and you can get them a video explanation that's like a hundred times better of anything that you might want to find out yourself. And it's amazing to me to see with my daughter, my older daughter, how that stokes her imagination. So the creation, the connection, the expression, and the fun of media is something that I think we owe to our kids to share with them and model what those more positive sides of media could be like. That's nice to hear because we talk a lot about modeling good behavior for our own kids because they're watching. So I'm glad you brought that up and I'm sure we'll get to that more later. But let's talk realistically about some of the negative effects Mm -hmm. because we don't hear a lot about the science behind the screens. You know, we hear about addiction or bullying, things like that. But you talk in the book about the technology. Like, what are experts finding as some of the emerging effects and impacts on kids? A major thing that was not on my radar, but I found really convincing, is the science around sleep. Oh, right? boy. So these uh-huh. screens, they're shining blue light into our eyes and very close to our faces, oftentimes for hours a day after dark. And that screws up our brain chemistry and it screws mm. up our kids' brain chemistry. So the sleep researchers are kind of out there howling in the wilderness saying, like, are you worried about hyperactivity? Are you worried about school performance? Are you worry about behavior issues and irritability? Well, all of it's traced to sleep. And sleep goes down when kids have devices in their bedrooms, when they are having screen time at night. And the sleep that they lose when they're younger has a cumulative effect. So that's something that, you know, did take my alarm bells a little bit. You know, a a classic example would be a kid who's hard to settle down and so he gives up his nap early. And then instead of the nap, what does he get? He gets app time in the afternoon when he's supposed to be sleeping. And then there's a rebound effect, right? You know, the hyper kids at bedtime. And so screens at certain times of day, it's almost like a little light cap to say, it's not that you have to get rid of the screens, but the bedtime screen time, the screens in the bedroom, these are things that scientists think we should be paying attention to. And that's, I mean, that's just one example, but that's one big example that I had not thought of. And is that like teens and tweens as well? Or do you think that's mostly for younger kids? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was curious about, (laughs) thinking about myself here, not to be selfish. No, no, no. A lot of the readers I've had so far have been like, oh, I stopped charging my phone in my bedroom at night because of what you said. I, I mean, I'm not perfect about it either, but it is something I'm much more aware of. And yes, 
kids of all ages, definitely tweens and tweens. Obviously, their rhythms are different, so they don't need to be going to bed at 8 p.m. anymore. But oh, I wish. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But mommy needs to watch Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I think what people also say is the shallow sleep. So if you have kids that are potentially on social media and they might be getting notifications at night, mm. it really does create kind of a vicious cycle that they're awake or they're half awake or they're waking up to check the phone. And this is something to really watch for and have a conversation about. Wow. I think that's really eye-opening because I get the sense that some parents have already known that there were issues with that, but to hear the science about it. And also, I think we've thought that, oh, it causes hyperactivity, but to put it all the way back to sleep, like mm-hmm. at that basic level is really interesting. What about other side effects though? I mean, I was driving in the car with my kids the other day. You know, we don't really have screens on short car rides, but on really, really long ones, I will let them have screens. And I don't know what it was, but I noticed all of a sudden, maybe it's because we've been on a screen-free diet for a while, that no one was talking. Uh It was so quiet. And, you know, when my kids are tech-free, they're playing, they're creative. Yes, they're fighting. It's loud. (laughs) But it was so stark, the difference. And so I'm wondering what other hidden side effects, like the things that we don't think about that you discovered, you know, that parents might not be noticing, but they are side effects of screen time use or too much screen time use. First of all, I think it's really great that you're striking that balance and that you are kind of imposing screen-free times. That's sort of getting ahead of like what I talk about advising with parents in the book. What you're talking about is what the doctors call displacement effects. And so it's not necessarily that the screen time has a direct negative or toxic effect on the brain, but it's what are you not doing and what is it crowding out? Mm. And so the drop in conversation, the drop in sort of interactivity amongst members of a family That's a very real thing. And one of the biggest places where people see that or where scientists have observed it is with background TV. So if there are actually homes where television's on, people aren't necessarily watching. Some studies showed a 90% drop in conversation between parents and young children. Yeah. Crazy. Now, I'm not a background TV person. I hate when people, and and look, I've done it. I do it when they're on their phones and the television is on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just Mm -hmm. like, choose one. I get you have messages to check. But like when my son is on YouTube or playing Minecraft or whatever, and he's got like football on, I'm like, come Mm -hmm. on. Choose one. See, I'm one of those people that needs like to hear a voice in a room. When I go into a hotel, the first thing I do is put on a TV. Right. <laughs> I just need to have it. I don't even pay attention. It's background noise. And then I stopped doing that. And then the election happened. And now MSNBC is on all the time. But usually I'm mute. But I agree with you. I mean, because we never have the TV on. And now that I have it on more, there's more times that I'm like go away. There's breaking news (laughs) every minute of the day. Yeah. So I I mean, I think that's a really good point. I think it's a fantastic point. Can I just say too, like I didn't realize this until just recently, Anya, we did no technology at all. So they could text their dad. They could text me if they were at their dad's. And that's basically it. We did Friday night movies and they had literally no screens at all for four months. Four months. Is that impressive? I could not do that. Tech free time. My house was messier. way messier. <laughs> they were like so creative. They were playing with so much stuff. It was so interesting. And I think honestly, that's why I'm noticing 
the silence so much more. And I wonder if parents would notice that more if their kids were off gadgets for a little while. Otherwise, you know, it's kind of like an everyday thing. We're all on our phones. Well, I think especially as your kids get older, you know, and they start to have kind of other interests and they can entertain themselves. That's when I really see it is that when we have screens off, all of a sudden my daughter, instead of just doodling, she's got pastels out and she's like really creating art. Or my younger one, my 10 year old is writing plays or doing something more engaging. That like takes more time, like a bigger project, I guess. And I see them creating more when they're off screens. It's really nice. And I think that we're on screens enough that I actually notice it. I'll be like, oh, wow, you're making art. You must have your Instagram closed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to hear that you guys both have that kind of experience. I mean, we've never done a full detox at my house. What we do is we just have screens on Saturdays. And how old's your daughter? She's about to be six. Okay. And then there's three iPad passes that she can use during the week. So just like three 20 minute passes. But honestly, it doesn't come out that much during the week. It's really like Saturdays. She can do whatever she wants, basically. And having it be confined to that day since she was younger, it creates a better rhythm for our house in the sense that we're not always having to say no. Oh, that's great. You know, Kristen and I were just talking about how to raise your kids to be more conscientious and make better choices on their own when they are tweens and teens and they have more time to themselves and they're out and about with their devices. And one of the things we did, I thought it was really important when my kids were young was there were no tablets when we went out to dinner or at the table ever. Uh It drives me crazy. It's my like sanctimony thing (laughs) where I see like a three-year-old or a four-year-old or a five-year-old who's like sitting in a nice restaurant with that big, huge tablet screen lighting up the whole area blue because I wanted my kids to learn how to like sit and behave and get through a meal and draw with crayons on the tablecloth or whatever they had to do so it was no screens. And I thought that it kind of raised them to not think to open screens now at the dinner table, which is kind of nice. And believe me, we have screen issues in the house. There's like a lot of usage that I'd like to cut down. But that was like one thing I think we did right. You started early (laughs) with that. So there wasn't the expectation later on that they could. Yeah. I mean, do you find that that parents just become reliant on it because it's easy? You know, like I see kids in in a supermarket and they all have screens. Like we've been pitched crazy devices like to specifically hook an iPad up to a supermarket cart handle for your kids. I know. And I'm like, the supermarket's like the most engaging place in the world for a toddler. (laughs) Like there's so much fun stuff to look at. Do you find that parents are kind of using that as a crutch or just out of habit or it's just the way things are now? I mean, I have to say that I think parenting's really hard. And we're in a really new world with this stuff. And people are kind of flailing. Part of the problem in my mind is that we don't know how to be bored. And we don't know how to let our kids be bored. You know, there's... Oh, I, that's I, such I have, a great point. I mean, that's I talked to Janet Lansbury. She does that Respectful Parenting blog. Uh-huh. And so it's basically just philosophy of like, give your kids some space. Let your baby like figure stuff out a little bit. And if you back off a little bit, they will learn to entertain themselves. And you'll find it over time. And, and yes. Yes, the grocery store can be an amazing place, but it's also true that you don't have to be like narrating everything and pointing things out constantly. We all know that mom. We all know that mom. And we don't know anything about space. It's 2017. This generation of parenting knows nothing about space. (laughs) Right. So, so it's all, to me, it's all correlated because it's like, yeah. Oh, what app is going to stimulate their brains while they're in the shopping cart while I'm getting a coffee? And it's like, no app. We'll do that. It's not an app. Well, There's that's no app so funny that. you say that because we've <laughs> always said, right, Liz, we've always said like when people pitch us apps for babies and toddlers, we're like, just give them a boob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> or give them like the box your phone came in. They'll play yeah, with it. You don't need an and app. I'm totally not sanctimonious <laughs> when it comes to kids and screens. Like my kids are definitely all over their phones. But like there is something to be said for like little kids just don't they don't need it. Well, I think we're both with you too, Anya, that parenting is hard. And listen, I've got four kids. Liz has two kids. Going to the grocery store can be a pain in the ass when you're with mm-hmm. kids. It can be downright. Yeah. No, terrifying. I say it without judgment. Yeah. Give your kid a chance to see if they maybe enjoy the time with you or in the store without screens. And maybe it comes down to like your sanity or the screen, in which case, like I'd pick the screen. I get it. <laughs> I totally get it too. But like the other suggestions that I make for parents, especially if they're trying to figure out where to start, is the American Academy of Pediatrics, right? Their new guidelines. Yeah. They're all about joint engagement and avoiding solo use. Uh. It's really interesting, right? Because it's like a lot of the negative effects that you see are about the kid alone with a screen for a long period of time. And honestly, the parent alone. I mean, isolating screen time. And the positive effects, the learning, the, the social effects, the creative, it all comes with connection. So if you have a phone and you're trying to entertain a baby or a toddler, my suggestion is figure out a way to use it together. And I use the camera for this a lot. Take a picture together, take a video of yourself singing a song and then play it back a little bit older, like use a drawing app or, you know, something else that's musical, like a musical video that they're dancing along to it. Oh, yeah. It's doing something with them in the screen instead of shoving something in their faces that they're going to have like a passive interaction with. I think that's great. My kids have a movie making app. I've got to look up the name. It's so fun. It's really simple. It's kind of like the scenes are already set and it just tells you like shoot a close up, shoot a wide shot. Like it helps you put it together properly. And we have so much fun like when we're on vacation and we've got all the cousins together or like the step siblings and we're making like a big family movie. It is so fun. I love that concept. I mean, we talk a lot about that too, the idea of family screen time. But I like your suggestion of starting that family togetherness or whatever it is, not to be a whole family, but, you know, parent and child early on so that it does become a communal experience. Because I do think screens, and this is an issue for teens and tweens or whatever, is it becomes so isolating, right? It's isolating or potentially, right, connecting them to peers or other people that you don't know about. Yeah. So it's it's scary in some ways. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. So I guess it's good to start (laughs) off on the right foot. And we've always talked to parents about having the conversations, but I like the idea of engaging with them active not just in conversation, but in the actual screen use. Now, when I was reading your book, I love that you had real parents, some of whom were experts. You were sharing what they were doing to manage screen time. Did you find anyone that was doing something surprising or something that you had never heard before in terms of the ways that they were managing it? I'm curious to know. Hmm, That's really interesting. I mean, I surveyed about 500 parents and I found that, first of all, people have no idea where they rate versus other parents. Like people who said they were like super strict and people who said they were super lenient were basically the same when it came down to it. Oh, that's interesting. I know. Because like a lot, well, like a lot of parents of teens, for example, were like, well, I don't have any rules because there's no, you know, way to enforce them. Uh Oh, but that was, I was like, "Eh, I guess you could say that. But it was like, you know, the sleep researcher is really careful about bedtime and the obesity researcher is very careful about snacking. The media violence researcher, this is kind of funny. He watched everything before his kids could watch it. And then they would mm. like, for the Harry Potter movies, he would like fast forward through the scary parts. When his daughter turned 10, this was really funny. He was like, I want you to see Star Wars. I love the movie so much. And his daughter was like, no, dad, it's too much fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, please, I love this. It's my favorite movie. And she was like, no, no, I don't feel good when I see fighting. It's scary. He was like, ugh, this is really backfiring. Oh, uh, man. No, but one, this is a little thing and a little tip 
But um, my friend Dana Boyd, she's an amazing researcher around social media, and she has three kids. When she picks up her phone around her kids, she always tells them what she's doing on it. And so yeah. she'll be like, oh, wow. I did. Yeah. I did. Really? Because my kids, for a while, they thought that I was just playing, that yes. I was playing a game. I was on my computer. I work. Liz and I work on our computers nonstop. So they thought they, they didn't understand it was my job because also not everyone works on a computer for their job. It's just not in their purview. Like, what, what am I doing? So I totally get it because my kids are always like, you're just playing around on your phone. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm writing a text. I'm so glad you brought that up because I've been literally having this conversation with Sage over the last few weeks including last night. Really? Yeah. It's like, you know, when you work from home and you work on a computer, it seems like mom's home, mom's available. Yeah. And we have a small apartment in Brooklyn. It's like I don't have a separate office. And so mostly it means they just walk into my room or wherever I'm working and just start talking to me. And as a writer, I'm focused on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I realized like, you know, my daughter will come in and she'll be like, mom, 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 I need to sing an audition song for you or look at this thing I do or whatever it is. And I finally had to stop her and say, here's the thing. When you see me on the computer, I'm working and I'm really focused on stuff the way you get really focused when you're solving a math problem. And I want you to know that I want to give you my full attention and I want to hear everything you have to say. But when you just start talking while I'm working, I don't hear you. Like I can't do two things at once. And so you have to give me a moment so that I can be totally attentive and give you the time you deserve. And I think that kind of helped her understand I wasn't blowing her off. I just wasn't able to commit to her at the time. But it's Kristen, it's the same thing you're saying. Like it, it was becoming an issue where I was getting testy because I was getting interrupted because I was in the middle of a thought. But on the other hand, it's like they're kids. They don't know. They, you know, want to tell me something right away. They have no impulse control. They just like storm in. So Anya, did so? was she like, I'm texting my friend right now or I'm playing Candy Crush? Is that kind of what she did? I'm so curious yeah, because I yeah. think I need to start doing this. Yeah, and I, I've adopted it too. I think that Part of it is it's making it more transparent. And the other part of it is a little bit of a self-check because if yes. you're like, I'm yes. looking at Instagram again, <laughs> yeah. you know, then it's like, well, maybe you don't need to be doing that. Yeah, try telling your kid I can't talk to you because I'm playing Candy Crush. Yeah. Yeah. We'll stop playing Candy Crush. I love it. <laughs> and so, like, for whatever reason, like, you know, whatever, when we were growing up, our parents – they were reading the newspaper or they were listening to the radio or they were typing on a typewriter or talking on the telephone. And so you could see and get ambiently like what that was. And I certainly like barged in on my parents when they were working from home. They're both writers, but it was still like a powerful cue. And I think that it totally illustrates the dilemma that we're in, right? Because you probably work from home so you can be around your kids more and you have this like cool job that's multimedia and that's all great. And that's all tech. But then there's this other part where it makes you feel more divided than it would if you were like away in an office and then back and had the time when you were gone and the time you were there. I love that. I think it's really good. And sometimes just saying things out loud, even to yourself, helps <laughs> you keep it in check. Yeah, it, like if you have to say, I'm playing 1010 or I'm playing Candy Crush every time you do it, I bet you'd be oh, less God. likely to do it. I'm all for this. I am too. Yeah, this, so this. this is a really good segue because there's a big section in this book that is all about our own. So parents screen mm -hmm. use. And yes. I am so curious, what did you find in terms of how much our own screen addiction or use or whatever, how does, how is that affecting our kids? What I found was that there's no way of talking about families and screens without looking at what parents are doing because we're the strongest influence in our kids' lives. And because the way that we use screens is having more impact on how we interact with our children or don't than anything that they're doing by themselves. 
So you know, none of this takes place in a vacuum. And what researchers are starting to be interested in is this question of distracted parenting. Are we parenting with, quote, half an eye and half a brain? You know, one of the, my survey respondents was, was like, this is like my perfect example of this. I was like, you know, what is your tech use like around your kids? And she was like, well, I sometimes listen to podcasts with one earbud in while interacting with them. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, with one earbud. Hmm, oh, like how? <laughs> I, I, I just like the earbud thing. I'm like, oh, well, it's yeah. like you're ordering coffee from your kid, like your kid's a barista, and you like roll up there and you like take out one earbud and you're like, hey. <laughs> but we're all kind of naive to the effects of the mobile device because they're, they haven't been around that long in the scheme of things. And we don't have good breaks. We don't have good cultural norms. There's not mm-hmm. good public health rules or regulations about it. And our bosses want us to be online all the time. Our friends want us to be online all the time. The companies want us to be online all the time and on our phones all the time. And so the only force of sanity pushing back is you. And we are weak. We are yes. weak in the face of our gigantic screened gadgets. <laughs> no, we raise our hands. We all like it. Let she who is without screen phone sin throw the first iPhone. (laughs) We are busy. We are trying to be more than one place at one time. We are like trying to keep in touch with family and friends while we're also taking care of our kids. Like the first time I went to the movies while I had a baby, I tried to turn my phone off and I was like, oh, wait, I can't turn my phone off because my baby's not with me and I can never turn my phone off again. (laughs) That's You know, it's funny because when the iPhone first came out, I remember we did a post on Cool Mom Tech. You remember this, Liz? And we were like, it replaces so many gadgets. It's a camera. It's an MP3 player. It's a video camera. (laughs) And it was so awesome. And now I am telling you, I'm like, oh, I turn off all my notifications. I wear a watch now so that I don't have to look at my phone so much. You're buying other gadgets to keep you from using your gadgets. Think about that. (laughs) Like That's what an Apple Watch is for, right? It's like... You don't have to check your other phone, you buy this phone on your watch. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think what's so difficult is that it's such a great resource. This is such a double-edged sword because it is a great resource. It has helped us connect with other parents. It has taken away what parenting can often be, which is lonely and snacked us and given us so much, empowered us. But at the same time, I do believe that so many of us were distracted. Yeah. I mean, I think everything that we're saying is true. And this is kind of my secret agenda with the book because it's in our hands to change this around. And this is what previous generations of mothers and parents have done, like with drunk driving and with smoking. The industry comes out with like one set of behaviors and people all kind of go along with it. And then a group of people in society come up and say, we don't want to live this way. This isn't the safest. This isn't the healthiest. We're not going to push this completely out of our lives, but we want it to be contained. And I think the more we start talking about this, and say, you know, it's not that we're going to ban anything or get rid of anything. We love it for what it is, but it needs to play a certain role in our lives. And we need to be making those choices, not letting the devices decide for us. That's great. And, you know, I really liked your point that we're all learning about technology and devices as we go along. And really, there's an analogy there for like learning about parenting as we go along. We're learning how to navigate this digital world and the parenting world. We're going to do our best. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to figure out things that work. And I like that you're letting parents not feel guilty about it, that, you know, it's a work in progress. And our kids are going to show us the way in some ways, because as much as, you know, kids do lead you to this world where like, yes, you're lonely unless you need to connect with others, but also who's more in the moment? 
than a young child, you know, who can show you this simple pleasure of life that's unplugged better than a kid, right? That's a beautiful thought. I love that. I think that's a great way to end this. That was lovely, Anya. Thank you. Wow. Okay. So The Art of Screen Time, you can pre-order it now. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, you can go to your local bookstore when it comes out, but pre-order it so you can get it in your hands or on your your gadget. Yeah. It's an audio book too, so you can listen to it while talking to your kids. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. With one earbud in. And if you do that, listeners, we want to hear from you. Um, but where can folks find you? Of course, they know where to find the book. But you know, if they have questions or want to read more of your other work, where can our listeners find you? Um, AnyaKamenetz.net. That's K-A-M-E-N-E-T-Z is my web. And also hit me up on Twitter. It's Anya One Anya. Anya number one Anya. I love that. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, listen, I hope you're going to stick around for Cool Picks of the Week. Yes. Awesome. And we will get right back with that right after this. Well, Liz, we talked about screen time and how educational screen time is a positive thing. And hey, look who's back as our sponsor. Wait, is it Homer? It is. Oh my gosh. If we have any listeners out there who don't know about Homer, then I'll be shocked. I know, but it's so awesome. I know. So why not? And with everyone getting all those gadgets for the holidays, it's a perfect gift. We did not coordinate that, by the way. It just happens to be a tech episode, which Homer happens to be sponsoring. I like when that happens. Anyway, I know you all know this by now, but it's an awesome learn to read app for kids two to eight. It's fun. It's proven to increase reading scores by 74% in a study conducted by the former U.S. Assistant Secretary of Education. And that's saying something. It is, for real. But also, Homer lets kids pursue their passions and interests, and they get to have fun, which is important to get kids to start reading and continue reading. But you know what? Research says kids do well when they're reading stuff they're interested in. And so why make them read about handbags? (sighs) You know, when I was a kid, I thought that going to the garden store with my parents was hell on earth. And so anything that had to do with gardens, gardening, bulbs, or flowers, I hated as a kid. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) But you know what? Ballerinas, I would have been all over that. So don't get you a gardening book. Don't get me a gardening book on Homer. I would like it now, but as a kid, I wouldn't have liked it. And I think that's what's cool about Homer is they're not like, you must read about gardening right now. They're like, no, you can read about baseball or you can read about trucks or you can read about superheroes. Yeah. And they take the learning offline too. So kids are going to get access to hundreds of printable worksheets, mazes, puzzles, and other activities. And parents can track progress, which is you know what? That's really important. You want to know that your kids are doing well. You don't want the surprise. Like I was just at my kids' conferences and thankfully they're doing well. You know, fourth kid, you don't know how she's doing with reading, but you know what? She is using Learn With Homer. So I did know how she was going to do. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. It's a crystal ball. It's a success story, Kristen. <laughs> you need to give them like a blurb for their website. I know. I know. Plus, you know what? It's priced really well. I love it's it. Four kids can learn at a time on the same membership for just $7.99 a month. And here's what's even better free free stuff, right? Yeah, for two months. So Spawned listeners get an exclusive two-month free trial. Normal subscribers only get 30 days. And since you guys are not normal in the best possible ways, 60 days for you. Free. So go to learnwithhomer.com slash Spawned. Give it a try for two months on that shiny new gadget. And you know what? Help your kids read for the new year. Fantastic. Yay. All right. Well, now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Anya, we always let our guests go first. So tell us what you have for us. Okay. So I was agonizing about what to tell you, but I think I have to share that my greatest discovery of the last week is coconut yogurt. Ooh. Um, 
Really? <laughs> what brand? What brand? I think no. it's called Anita's. Anita's. Is it coconut flavored or like coconut no. milk yogurt? No, it's coconut milk yogurt, it's right? Coconut milk yogurt. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing a whole 30. Do you guys know what that is? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I did it. Okay. I did it last summer. I, I can't it. do that. I know it. <laughs> I like bread. (laughs) Oh my God. I like bread too. That's why I'm doing it. But this is really like my missing piece in my whole 30. Like it's a breakfast thing. It's on top of soups. For some reason, I thought it would taste weird and gross, but actually it tastes slightly sweet. I'm amazed that you found a whole 30 safe yogurt. That's fantastic because most of them are loaded with sugar and I'm dairy free. So I'm listening to you with baited. It is a game changer. It okay. is a changer if you're dairy free, if you okay. have sugar, it is it's excited. just Ooh, the Kristen. That was made for you. I know. It's I'm really so glad. I was like, these ladies are going to think I'm kind of lame. What? We had somebody recommend turmeric once. Actually, he was an NPR person. Yes. Oh, there, you there you go. go. You NPR people go. and your food recos. No, no, <laughs> it's great. We love anything that's cool, and it doesn't even matter what it is. Actually, our listeners love our food recommendations. Out of- <laughs> they do. You. So you win, Anya, because I'm oh, not recommending food. Well, you know what? I'm recommending food. No. Yes, I am. So this is not... Whole 30 friendly. (laughs) So, you know, we've spent so much time over the holidays looking for awesome gifts for everybody. And one of the things we always look for is cool little indie companies that do chocolates and sweets and treats. These are good. There is this amazing company in New York I discovered last year and I'm completely obsessed. It's called Stick With Me Sweets. They're at S wmsweets.com they make the most gorgeous it looks like art they are pretty nice you don't even want to eat them they're beautiful these like round glossy gorgeous truffles with all these colors on them they look like little marbles they're so beautiful just describe it a little more for Anya while you're at it well well, (laughs) call me in 30 days I'll tell you more (laughs) but but it's such a cool company and the, the flavors are like Santa's milk and cookies and gingerbread s'mores really cool so there's probably still time to order in time for the holidays they have a special box that looks like um a christmas tree at rockefeller center that's cool but they also have just like little truffle boxes you can send out so it's stick with me sweets and uh oh their instagram Ugh. don't don't go there yeah. either on you go there <laughs> okay i will not but go they there do make i'm not looking at it right they now do make an awesome holiday gift i've seen these i approve of your i, I approve of both of your cool picks of the week by the way well, thanks, just saying Kristen. i didn't pick food though okay so i went with a new thing we're starting at my house called forced family fun triple <laughs> f i don't think it's except, but it is forced family fun and we had forced family fun this past week using packing materials no screens involved i figured it would be the the perfect time to share this since we're doing a screen time book on the show. So I got a gift in the mail. I don't know if you guys have ever seen these. They are replacements for styrofoam peanuts. These are more uh, earth friendly. They look like triangles with holes. My kids call them like they look like keys, but they're made out of cardboard. Have you guys seen these? Yes. Oh, my God. And we had so much fun playing with them. I did see them on our Instagram when you posted them and they look really cool. They are so cool. So you know what? We bought glue sticks and like shish kebabs and paper clips and we dump them on the table and we're like, okay, you have 30 minutes to make the coolest thing you can out of these. You're a cool trash. mom, Kristen. Has anyone ever told you that? We had a mystery judge. We put it on Instagram live and we had a mystery judge and my children won money. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What? 
Yeah, man. I want to come to your house for forced family fun where I win forced money. Forced family fun. So I'm just telling you, we're all getting so many packages over the holidays, and I hate all the waste. The brown paper is so fun for drawing and wrapping gifts. I don't know. So just have some fun with your family. I think sometimes it's so hard we get wrapped up in the holiday season, and so I just want to tell everyone – Find some fun packing materials and have a little competition. And, you know, just be prepared for a little bit of tears. Not just you, parents. <laughs> That's a great pick. And it's totally free. Yeah, I love totally it. Free. I love it. Free well, free. Anya, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a great episode. And I hope it was helpful to our listeners. Yay. And a huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. Hey, listeners. We love hearing from you. We, we want to hear your emails. You can reach us at spawn at coolmompics.com. We love your tweets. Use the hashtag spawn show you can leave us a comment on facebook no hashtag or anything required there and you know what leave us a review on itunes we a nice love one. them that would be yes. your holiday gift to us it also costs you no money just like Kristen's cool pick of the week <laughs> if you like it you know we don't want to coerce you but it does make us really happy we just saw another one pop up and she said that she got some great advice for her kid about doing homework and using music from our episode about music therapy and anyway i love that so we're glad to help you you and thanks for for the kindness you show us in return yeah and be sure to download or save our episodes it actually does help us get more listeners and be seen and listened to by more people <laughs> you can always everywhere. if you want to see us you can just you know open instagram at cool mom Picks and just stare <laughs> at pictures of us while we talk <laughs> <Awkwardly>. you know <laughs> while listening to our podcast with one earbud in <laughs> well hey thank you so much for listening to spawn this is liz and this is Kristen. have a great day bye